right, welcome to Your Time, Your Money, the show where your time is just as valuable as your money, and we know that. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm here with my amazing partner, Matt. Hi, Mark. I'm so excited. That was like the first clean intro we've had in a long time. I'm so excited. <laughs> hey, I'm excited that you're here, part of the series. I know, seriously. Every day I'm getting crushed, beat up. You know, I mean, I'm happy I get to be here during the day and getting a little work done. Thank God it's a Sunday, but that's okay. We're here to work. Show's got a little bit different... You know, machizo, whatever yeah, you want. Machismo is what we call it. Guys, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, today we're going to be going over the last of our series of three, and that's claiming Social Security at the age of 70 years old. The big 7-0. Right? Not only are you going to have a cool birthday party, you're going to get Social Security. Yeah, I, I, th- I seem to think 70 is like the new 60. I feel like it is. I mean, the way longevity tables are and people are living well into their 90s, I feel like 70 is a new yeah. 60. And we have a lot of clients in approaching 90 and in their 90s. I, I would say that are you still know, active. Yeah, very active, very sharp. They, they can still drive. You know, it's a very normal thing. Yeah, it's becoming more and more so. So, uh, so let's get into it. It's your time. And it's your money. So, uh, you know, ultimately we've done, you know, claiming at 62, claiming at full retirement age. And then, you know, we want to spend some time today, I I think, you know, talking about one that has kind of some of the most creative planning that can be done. And that's claiming at the age of 70. Yeah. Um, You know, because most people, as we had went through in our other episodes, uh, you know, government's not making money off of me. We're going to claim at age 62. Right. uh, Or, you know, I'm going to time it around Medicare planning. 70 is the one that really uh, people put some thought into when it comes to financial planning. Well, yeah, because then at the end of the day, if you're waiting all the way until 70, you're getting the biggest rate of return, right? You're getting the biggest, the biggest total benefit and you've essentially delayed gratification, Yeah, you're which getting, is wonderful. You're getting 132% of your actual PIA, your insurance amount that you've, you've worked so hard for. You're getting 132% of that. Plus you're getting the deferral from 67 to 70 added with cost of living adjustments. Right. So you're getting a huge jump as you hit age 70. Now, mind you, from age 65 to age 70, if you haven't taken Social Security, you're probably paying Medicare out of pocket. Correct. Right. So you're paying a check every month to Medicare for you and your spouse, potentially, uh, while you're not collecting. So there's like kind of a double whammy there uh, if you're not collecting, but then you get the payoff of all that extra income when you turn 70. But it also might be somebody that's already currently working and their work plan is covering health benefits. Yep. Uh, So maybe they're just doing the mandatory part of uh, Medicare and they don't have supplemental plans. So, uh, you know, there there are benefits to waiting while you're working. Uh, But there's also benefits to retiring and not claiming. And let's talk a little bit about those today. I think that's really going to shed some light on why people may want to wait till age 70. Right. Uh, Because when you retire, you know, most people center that around maybe 59 and a half when their IRAs are available or 62, you know, based based on first, you know, pension payment. If you're watching any of the presidential debates, you're you're seeing people asking others to work to 70 or or right until 68. Yeah, true. So, I mean, people are being asked to work longer because of the way the situation is right now with Social Security and how much money is coming out of the system. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a wild sequence of events. And, and if you're already claiming prior to 70, that's income coming in that lessens your ability to do other types of creative planning with your retirement accounts, Correct. right? So what we're talking about is, is deferring Social Security maybe shifting some of that income burden to other assets. Right, because you're going to need the money from somewhere. Yeah. Right? It's not just going to appear, unless you're working, it's not going to appear out of nowhere. 
Yeah, because once you claim Social Security, that income's coming in. That income's going to be counted towards your progressive tax brackets. <clears throat> it's going to be counted towards your Medicare premiums. Uh, you know, it, it, it's counted across the board on, on your on your income. So by delaying it, some things that our listeners may want to do is they may want to start a Roth conversion process. Yes, that's a very, again, that, that's where we integrate a CPA. Bring a CPA into the mix. Let's look at your adjusted gross income. What's our number? How much can we convert? Right. Yeah, and we have a great episode coming out, I think, uh, the week after this on progressive tax brackets, maybe explaining them in a, some simple terms uh, with some visuals so that our right. clients can understand how they work. Uh, but Roth conversions are, are a very powerful thing to be able to do. Uh, and you can do them anytime after 70 as well. You can. Uh, but when you get to the required minimum distribution age of 73, you have to start taking You have to take your that requires, first. right, your minimum first, and then you can do conversion after. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you wait until 70 to take Social Security, you're giving yourself a huge advantage. Yeah, and your spouse. And your spouse, because at the end of the day, the higher your benefit is. I mean, for example, if I'm 70 and my spouse is 68 and I waited all the way until 70, that means that if she does end up claiming off of mine, she's getting a higher number, right? Yeah. Off of my age 70 benefit. Yeah, well, that's... You know, most households have a primary breadwinner or a primary breadwinner that has 35 years of earnings history. Right, which is even more important why people work well into their 60s is that if my earnings history, and this is huge, guys, if you have no zeros on your earnings history, and where you can find that if you go to ssa.gov and you check your earnings history, it's going to say your top 35 years. It's not consecutive. It's just your top 35. If you have no zeros there, the, the 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 sizing of that benefit pool goes up exponentially. Yeah. And Whereas a lot of people have zeros. Yeah. Or or they have a year in the <clears throat> seven with a thousand bucks in the seventies right? where they earn three grand, or, right, or, or, or four five, grand, five grand or, right. or whatever. So you know, so so even sometimes just working a couple months into a year that you turn sixty nine or seventy can drastically affect your benefits if you're dropping off a zero or Correct. or a low number that you can make up in a quarter nowadays with, with the earnings that, that most people are, are at in their late 60s, right? And there's a lot of opportunities for jobs out there too. I mean, you know, there's not, not saying there's not, but there, there's a lot of great things out there that people can do. Correct. And, and first and foremost, the one thing we always ask is there longevity in your family. Right. Right. If there's not, then, you know, it might not be a good strategy to wait till 70. But for a lot of people where there is longevity, parent, grandparent, uh, you know, all their siblings have lived, you know, well into their 70s and 80s, you know, you may want to consider and if their that. health is good, right? If they're in good health. Yeah, they're, they're in good health. Um, you know, and then at 70, let's put it this way. If if you have two pensions, perhaps, which oh, a lot man. of like upstate New York people have or other state states that we service have <clears throat> as well, you may not need that Social Security benefit. Right. So that allows you to do maybe some more creative estate planning at 70 and beyond with higher premiums. Yeah. Second to die life insurance and a trust. Oh, this is Get, SUL, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah gifting, gifting the grandkids. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just about maximizing your income. I mean, what's the estate tax? What's the estate cap right now for New York? Five million? Uh, it's like six, I think. Six, six million? And, six and change. I mean, imagine if I retire at age 60 with $2 million in my 401k or IRA. Well, e- even if 10 years later it doubles, what's that put me at? Yeah. That's just four million in my IRA. That's not considering my other assets. Your house, your other people. So if, if I die and all my assets go to my beneficiaries and it's eight million dollars, well, guess what happens? Not all of that goes effectively. Yeah. There's gonna be some tax liability there that I can't offset unless I'm creative. Correct. With my planning, with and, social security planning. And having a higher social security benefit coming in later in life allows you to 
have Social Security pay the taxes on your IRA for yep. required minimum. Yep. So you can convert more, more into your after Roth. into right. your Roth after, gotcha. right? Otherwise, you're paying it out of pocket. Correct. You're just paying out. You're saying, "Hey, I'm just going to eat it. And I'm going to pay it out of pocket." Yeah. So why not have Social Security do that for you in your in your planning? Oh. Right. So you know, there are listeners out there that watch the other two episodes that said, "You know, I can't afford to not take it. Right? I have to take it at 62." Just be weary of this because a lot of baby boomers that did take it early now are struggling in their 70s. Yeah, because they, their income is fixed. Yeah, they give you cost of living adjustments that they don't really keep up with. Well, it's with not inflation. much. So, you know, in periods of high inflation, you know, it's nice to say, hey, you know what? I maximize my benefits at you know, right. age 70. Yeah. So, you know, those are all the reasons why, you know, in, in, in addition to just this the psychology of, of getting more out of the, the government <laughs> on a monthly basis, right? It's, um, I tell you, though, it's hard getting people to delay their gratification. Correct. It's really hard. I mean, even this generation that we're in right now, it's a generation now. I, I want my answer. I want it complete. I go to the internet. I get my answer. The generation that is above us, that's older than us, delayed gratification, I feel like is normal. Yeah. And and I guess one finally, final point for Social Security at 70 is what we try to do, and that's build in gradual step up as income. Yep. When a person retires, let's say at 60 or 62, we try to build in gradual step ups of income. Mm -hmm. And those step of incomes are drawing off of different sources at different times and different amounts. So it's great to have that step up at age 70 that doesn't come in from your investments. Right, because now it's guaranteed and the market does not matter. Yep, and think of it this way. If we have more coming in from Social Security than you actually need to live off of between that bonus and some other stuff, you can now shift your investments more aggressive. To grow faster if you want exactly, to. Exactly, right? after the age of 70, which most people go, what, the opposite way. Right, now I'm older, I want to be more conservative. Yep, and there's inflation and now you're oh, losing Oh man, I don't power. get as much growth, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so there's a lot of uh, validity to waiting but if you're going to wait, you want to have it in context of a good financial plan. Right. You can't just say, I'm going to wait, but instead of taking, instead of having a great financial plan, I'll just work for the next eight years, right? And not enjoy, not enjoy retirement, right? I retired at 62, but then I got a job selling cars, right? Or I got a job working at the local, local Y, whatever it is. Instead, rather, like you said, build a plateaued plan where every two years we have an income kick, yep. right? From whatever particular situation you're in. Yep. And, and, and by doing that, that allows you maybe to be more aggressive with your investments. On the back end. Yep. Right. And, and best case scenario is you're 70, you draw, the market goes down, and now you have all this money to invest when the market goes down. Yep. And, and you reap the rewards on the investment side. Being That's, more aggressive and buying at the right time. This is where I think the tactical advantage, right, timing advantage of, of being a good investor and having a good advisor where you can reach out and say, hey, I got an idea or I got a feeling. What do you think? Yeah. Right. Those are the kind of conversations you should be having. But in addition, there's this, this, the strategic part. When should I claim Social Security? Yeah. Right. That's yep. a huge decision. Yeah. And and as always, for our listeners, you know, uh, please be advised. We do have a podcast out there, for a full podcast on claiming Social Security. Uh, we did it with Justin, our certified retirement counselor. So if you want more detailed information on Social Security besides just claiming at certain ages, uh, check out that podcast. Reach out to us uh, at 43 British American Boulevard in Latham, New York, 12110. You can reach us at 844-444-YTYM for your time, your money. You can also please like and subscribe, share this podcast down. It helps us get our information out. And we 
have another great series coming up uh, about uh, indexes and what they are. Yes, the indexes. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll bring some education to our listener base as well. And as always, it's your time. And your money. Adam Jones, Matthew Trillo, Mark Esley, Financial Advisors, 43 British American Boulevard, First Floor, Latham, New York, 12110, 518-724-5004. Cetera Investors is a marketing name of Cetera Investment Services. Securities and insurance products are offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Cetera Investment Advisors, LLC. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Special thanks, Chris Conlin, owner and craftsman of Skulls and Sawdust, 518-852-3673, skullsandsawdust at gmail.com. Special thanks to Bobby Chase and Jeff Carlson of Next Evolution Media, 518-879-1779, bobbychase84 at gmail.com. And last but not least, a very special thanks to our families for sacrificing many hours to let us see the vision through its reality. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not tailored towards any particular individual investment, objectives, or financial situation. This is not intended to be an offer or solicitation to purchase any security or insurance product. The terror representatives do not provide legal, tax, or estate planning services. Should you require such service, you should consult a legal, tax, or estate planning professional. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Rebalancing may be a taxable event. Before you take any specific actions, be sure to consult with your tax advisor. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Cetera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, and attorney for details related to your specific goals and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. The Esley Group operates under Cetera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of the Esley Group. You should always obtain a perspective when available prior to investing to know your risks, costs, and fees associated with the investments. Cetera Investors is a marketing name of Cetera Investment Services. Securities and insurance is offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cetera Investment Advisor, LLC. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other entity named. 43 British American Boulevard, first floor, Latham, New York, 12110. Phone number 518-724-5004. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either registered representatives who offer only brokerage services or receive transaction-compensated commissions, investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fee-based on assets, or both registered representatives and investment advisor representatives who can offer both types of services.